Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Taiwo Dukoya, the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shape on your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. I will take my reading from the Gospel according to St. Matthew from chapter 1. I'll read verses 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 1. 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take, your, to, take to you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through his prophet, saying, verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear his son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Praise the Lord. Uh, I have many options from this passage to speak from. Uh, But the one that the spirit is really zooming in on in my spirit, man, is verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And this is a reference, actually, from Isaiah chapter 7. If you just quickly flip to Isaiah 7. Praise the Lord. Because if you observe, here the prophet was being quoted in the book of Matthew. So in Isaiah chapter 7, praise the Lord. Amen. Isaiah 7, I think verse 14. But let me pick a bit of the context. I'll pick from verse 10. Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. You just ask for a sign. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? 
Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Verse 14. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Praise the Lord. So I just want to dwell on this for some few minutes. Glory be to God in the highest. I want to just dwell on this for a few minutes because really what we do in church is collective meditation. What we do with the word of God in church is collective meditation. It's what you do alone in your office or alone in the corner of your room. I mean, studying the word. And of course, we've been told several times that if you want to show yourself approved on earth, study. You don't want to be ashamed in life. Study the word of God. You want to be able to provide an answer to many of life's questions. Study the word. As a matter of fact, when I was coming this morning, uh, I was told to tell the young ones, that please listen. What you're about to hear this morning is we, your fathers and mothers, exposing you to the secret of our victories. Because you see, to children, parents have all the answers to all of life's questions. Their parents know that it's not true. Parents cry out to God every time, mostly in secret places. Because they must provide answers. And so is leadership anywhere. Really, when we say to people, we say provide leadership, what we're saying is that come on, give them direction. Come on, give them hope. Come on, lead them on. Otherwise, people will die in despair. So follow me closely. I was meditating on this. Like I said, this is collective meditation. I was meditating on this and I looked at Emmanuel. In the Old Testament, it is spelled I. Emmanuel. In the New Testament, it's E. And they're both English. But the difference is that in the Old Testament is the transliteration of the word God with us, Emmanuel, from Hebrew to English. And there, two Hebrew words, Emmanuel and El. El is God, Emmanuel, with us. And of course, we move into the New Testament. It's spelled differently, but it sounds almost the same, Emmanuel or something. But it's translated the same thing, God with us. And it's amazing. So other than hallelujah, there are some words that are difficult to translate in other languages. They are the same. But the meaning is God with us. Praise the Lord. But again, you'll ask yourself the question. When he says Jesus, he explains why he says Jesus. He says because he will save his people. But in Emmanuel, it's not an explanation. It cannot define the word. Is the only name that is given an immediate definition. Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. So with that in mind, I want to ask a question here. What do you think was the greatest loss, greatest loss of man in the Garden of Eden? Thank you, fellowship with God. Mm. She's kind of put it together. But then what's the ingredient of fellowship then? Presence. The one thing that man lost in the garden was presence. Man lost the presence of God and lost, as it were, the fellowship. And that began the troubles of humanity. 
And all through the ages, what we have witnessed is God restoring his presence. And that's why the culmination of everything will be when the new Jerusalem will descend. And there will be no difference between heaven and earth. And God will dwell happily thereafter with all his own. And now you see why Jerusalem is always a contest. Because it gives an impression of what the reality is. The whole world will fight and fight over Jerusalem. Everybody's looking for God. It's the city of, of God. Praise the Lord. So it was the presence of God that was lost. And so when this prophecy was given to Ahaz, like I will bring out very soon, it was a troubled time. Man was looking for answer. And how did God answer? Don't worry yourself. I will do some marvels. So that you will be convinced, I'll give you a sign. And what will we decide? He said, the virgin. Which virgin? We'll be pregnant without a man. And she'll bring forth a child and she'll call his name Emmanuel. And this is the meaning, God with us. What are you saying? So when God comes in, things change. Come on, church, are you here with me? Praise the Lord. I say, when God comes in, what happens? Things change. Now, let me quickly explain this. We know that God is omniscient. Oh, I mean, please, whatever way you call it, God is omnipresent. Uh, omnipresent, yes. We know he's omnipresent. Even in the garden, after they lost the presence of God, he was still present in the garden. Come on. But so what then did they lose? No, I'm, I'm, reference, presence. What did they lose? Because God was still there, but they lost his presence. No, okay, vis-a-vis presence. Okay, thank you. You see, what they were used to was revealed presence. Manifest presence. And that was what they lost. You see, God is everywhere. But the God that's everywhere that you don't design is of no use to you. Am I talking to someone here today? If you cannot discern his presence, how can you employ his ability? And that was all man lost. And so all through you begin to see God reaching man. And that's why we try to make it understand, make people to understand that look, there's nothing wrong with religion, only that religion does not take us to where we're going. It is the understanding of the lifestyle of God that matters. And what's that understanding of the lifestyle of God? Making his presence real. Where I can tangibly access his presence. You see, men of old had some understanding here. And that's why you hear, that's why you hear someone like um, Moses in the book of... Um, Exodus, I think chapter 33, when God promised him the best of all things. And was telling him, now you take these people that you have brought out and go to the land that I have promised their, grand, their great-grandfathers. I'm not doing it because of them. 
This one are hard people. But look, I'm in a covenant with their great-grandfathers. So Moses, you take them. You brought them out. You take them and take them there. I already promised. And you know what? I will drive away all your enemies. Moses was not impressed. You know what he said? It's not enough for, me, for you to promise me the land. It's not enough for you to tell me that the enemies will be dealt with. Are you coming with me? God says, no, I'm not coming with you. Because if I, come, if I come with you, these people are so hardened that they will provoke me to anger. And I will smile. No, no, let, let me stay away. <laughs> Moses says, sir, I understand the beautiful thing you have prepared for me and for us. But if you are not coming with me, if I will not be promised your tangible presence, I'm not going. And he wouldn't move until God promised him that my presence, quoting him, my presence will go with you. Wasn't that what was said of Joseph? Come on. Or rather, again, I'm talking of knowledge now. Wasn't that what David understood in Psalm 16, verse 18? Hear him. He said, the Lord I have kept before me is always at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Wasn't that what David understood still when he said, the Lord himself is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of I shall fear. Why? Because your presence is with me. Your rod and your star, they comfort me. And because of your presence, even in the presence of my enemies, I see a table. My head is daily anointed. Why? My confidence is in your presence. That was what man, what man lost. And so, what about Christmas? What about Emmanuel? The introduction back to man of the presence of God, even in a tangible manner. Praise the Lord. I say, praise the Lord. I was still thinking about this, and I realized that it is true. There's little or nothing. In fact, there's nothing you can do without his presence. Absolutely nothing. Then I began to understand why Jesus should say, John chapter 14, say, let not your heart be troubled. Say, you believe in God, believe also in me. Verse 2. It says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Verse 3. So I go to prepare a place for you. Three now. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Why? That where I am, there you may be also. God never created man to live apart from his presence. And by the time you get to, I think this is 11, go to 14, let me see. Yeah. Yeah, okay. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, 15. If you love my commandment, yeah, 16. And I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Come on, 17. The truth of truth, yes, you cannot receive, yes, 18. Thank you. 
Yeah. Shall we read together? But from the context that you just saw, what was he talking about? He was talking about his tangible presence with us. I will send you another comforter. I will not leave you as an orphan. I will come. Why would I come to you? I will come to you in the Holy Spirit. So I will be with you permanently. You can understand man and the presence of God. You can understand the way it works. You see, why is, why, what, what, what are I trying to achieve as a child? Because I understand that your life can be much, much better than what it is today. I know, in Jesus' name. Even if your life has been very good, it can be better. It's a matter of understanding. And what we're what we sharing today is, is the secret, is the secret of the old. It's the secret of the ages. It's what has been and is and will forever be. I know what's interesting about it. When you recognize this, your life will not only be made a lot, lot easier, God will constantly take the glory over your life. Which is what I desire. Now, let me, let me remind you something again quickly. Remember in the garden, sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1. Right. Praise the Lord. Oh, yeah, it's Christmas. So I'm just trying to let you see that there's a special gift for you for this Christmas. It is understanding the mystery of his presence. It is yours. So it's ability now to begin to employ what you already have. If that's all this Christmas is doing for us, I think it's worth it. Look at verse 2. The earth was without form and what? Void. I don't know what is formless in your life. Or totally void. You see the secret. You see how it works here. And darkness was only void. Formless. Darkness. Shapeless. Meaningless. But look at that. And what? Can somebody read loud please? The spirit of God was hovering over the face of this. Then what happened? Look at verse 3. Then God said, let there be what? Light. And what happened? Can you see that the presence of God was the first introduction of his restoration? So if I can recognize his presence in my trouble, I'm coming through. In the name of Jesus. Uh, is somebody here? Glory be to God in the highest. The virgin will be pregnant and will give birth to a son and she shall call his name Emmanuel. Which we translate as God with us. So God said let there be light and there was light. But see God's starting point. His presence. I'm almost finishing this, my story. Joseph. Remember Joseph? Come on, Acts chapter 7, verse 9. You want to, you remember? Acts 7, 9. Please remind us, Acts 7, 9. Acts 7, 9. Put it there. You see that? And the patriarchs becoming envious, sold Joseph in Egypt, into Egypt. But God was what? Hey, one, one, see, once you are assured of his presence, everything is simple. At this time, they, ah, they had planned to kill him, but they couldn't. Then they, throw, they, 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 they dropped them into the well. Thank God it was dry. 
Then they took him from there and sold him into slavery, thinking finally we got rid of this man and his wild dreams. No matter how much envy, be assured of his presence. No matter how much people will je- be jealous of your achievement in life, don't even let that become a distraction. Focus on him who is taking you there and the there is taking you to. And you discover that you have no problem at all. Once you are sure of his presence, that settles matter. I mean, absolutely. But God was with him. And what happened? And what? He delivered him out of all his troubles and gave him what? Favor. And what? Wisdom. We are in the present. You are looking for connection. Be, look, be sure of this one connection first. This one connection will bring about every connection. I'm not joking. And God was giving him favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who was number one. He was like, he was like Donald Trump of today. The number one nation, the number one leader of the number one nation in the world. And it, so when God, if God wants to do something to Taiwan, he will just, he will just, he will just flash it where those who needed to know, we have no choice but know. It's God. It doesn't matter where you are born or where you are, where, 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 where you are hidden. Before Pharaoh kicked off Egypt, and what happened? He made him governor. Can you imagine the slave? Can you imagine the prisoner on death row going to bed one night and the following morning becoming the governor? Not governor of a state, number two in command of the entire world. The presence of God. If you get to January 23, you see all these stories well annotated. Or what do you say to Daniel? That was dropped into the lion's den. But he was sure of the presence of God. When the king came in the morning, he couldn't sleep. He said, oh, Daniel, shouting from afar. He answered from under the ground. He said, oh, I'm here. He said, the God will serve. Has he been able to save you? Oh, yes, he has. <laughs> he sent his angel to shut the mouth. The presence of God will shut the mouth of lions. Or what do we see of the three brood children who were forced to do against what they understood of the presence of God? They refused. And having thrown them there, the king himself said, Excuse me, didn't you throw in three men with all the casualties that happened trying to get them into the fire? Didn't you throw in three men? Those who were throwing them, some were slain because of the heat. They died. How come these ones in the fire didn't die? And if you put in three men, how come I'm seeing four? The presence. This is real. You know what? The king wouldn't have seen the fourth man. But God wanted to prove something to him. Because we are not told that others saw the fourth man. At least the king saw the fourth man. The person that needed to see saw. And that's why he couldn't sleep. And when they brought them out, of course, the story changed. Praise the Lord. So we can go on about the presence, the presence, the presence of God. But what I want to say now is how, how does it apply to us? Jesus said, you will receive power. 
After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. As a matter of fact, it started by telling them, which was what we read in John chapter 14 and in 15. So in our time, how do you translate God with us, Emmanuel, to our time? How does it work? He's not just with us. He's in us. He's with us. He's on us. He's in us. That's what the Bible says. That's in John 14, 15, 16. You read it there. You find it there. And that was what began to happen in the day of Pentecost. And so those who were weakling, who were fearful, suddenly became so bold and they were challenging even authorities. Not in a rebellious way, but in a way not to oppress or to destroy what they knew they had, which was superior to what the authorities were saying. But they knew what they had. Hello? Praise the Lord. I say praise Jesus. And suddenly, their authority began to transcend even the physical. Even the spiritual began to... They commanded respect. They commanded leadership, even in the spiritual realm. And that came to fulfill what Jesus said. He said, look, look, look. The works that I do, you will do. And greater works than this, you will do. Praise the Lord. So I'm talking the presence of God. And that's why in Ephesians chapter 19, when Paul got there, he said, hey, have you guys received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, we've not even as yet heard. Said, then into what will you believe? It's like, come on, you don't have the Holy Ghost? Then what's your problem? And that's the question now this morning. How much of the Holy Ghost do you have? Because that's, that's God with man. You say, how? That's Jesus? Yes. And how did he say? He said, I will go, but I'll send you another comforter of the same category. And of course, you get to understand that he himself is the baptizer with the Holy Ghost. And that's why we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, not God. It's like I'm, I'm a husband, I'm a brother, I'm a father, and yet I'm a pastor. To my wife, I'm different. But she respects my other offices. To my children, I'm different. But it's the same me. To my siblings, I'm different. It's the same me. To God. I feel the fire. And so, if I don't recognize him in his office as being present with me, I don't derive much from him. Let me quote some people, then I close. Hear this. Spurgeon says, let me say this. He said, in this great name, Emmanuel, is eternity's sonnet. Yeah. Heaven's hallelujah. The shout of the glorified. The song of the redeemed. The chorus of angels. The everlasting oratorio of the great orchestra of the sky. In this one name, Emmanuel. Hear this. It was Spurgeon that said it. He said, John Wesley... His last word, or the last words on his tongue, on his dying bed. The last words were these. I quote, The best of all is God with us. And you know, that man's life was unusual. 
That was the secret of all his life. He he was still thinking about it as he was passing. He said, the best of all that has happened to me and happened to humanity is God is with us. Let me quote just Wesley again. He said, let us praise the one who is both transcendent and yet approachable. Describing Emmanuel. The almighty and yet lifted himself into the body of man. The most high that came into the space of man in the most humble of all ways. The most powerful yet became so trusting that he surrendered himself as one of the greatest weakling that the earth ever witnessed. Why? Because when God wants to move, it doesn't come like man thinks. Somebody said, I don't understand this kingdom. It's a downside. It's a, it's a down... It's an, it's, a, it's an upside down kingdom. And then she explained. Says in this kingdom, they said that if you want to go high, you humble yourself. You go low to become the highest. You scatter to become the richest. It's only in this kingdom. A.W. Tozer said this. He said, most Christians are theological Christians. And he explained. That is, they are intellectual Christians. He said, they are attempting the impossible. And what do they mean? Now I quote. They are trying to be the best or to be happy without a sense of the presence. Then he concluded, how sad. You want to be all that God has made you to be. You want to have everything he's created, I mean, he has done for you without a clear sense of his presence. Joke. Now you can appreciate why Jesus said to them, in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from above. Don't even begin to go until you are sure of what you have. I conclude. What do you think is the best gift you can give to your child? Thank you. I appreciate that. But I'm talking just physically now. Just father, child. Time. Time. Well, you know, time can be exchanged for anything. Yes, you're right. But I'm looking for something. Your presence. The greatest gift you can give your child is your attention. And much much more than that, your presence. Have you observed when you say, I'm just running out there, they begin to cry. They don't want you to go. And when you come, hey, oh, they jump, they somersault, they flip because you just came back home. That's what your presence is. Remember in those days, how it used to be. <laughs> now they are, they, just, they are carrying their own now. God bless you all. <laughs> but, but that's the truth. You know, I wrote here. I said, hmm. I remember somebody asked me a question in a leadership class. 
said, wait, 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 wait. I don't understand this. And I said, well, I think you'll get to understand it better. We are the best in their professions. I can quote three, four. In the immediate past, got to a stage and their wives were ill and they became so immobile. Cancer in one case, another one I don't know, I can't remember. And it was clear that she was going. Guess what this head of an advanced school in the U.S. did? When I say advanced, postgraduate, doctorate, he resigned. They said, why? He said, I want to be by the side of my wife. I need to give her more attention for the rest of her life. Have you, have you read the biographies of very great men? At the end, they said, if you have the opportunity to come back again, what will you change? He said, I'll give more time to my wife and my children. It's not so much what I'm getting for them, but the gift of myself. So am I concluding? The best gift of God has been given to you and I. Jesus. Our Emmanuel. The one that has come to introduce to us back the presence of God. You can carry his presence into the plane. You can carry it into the ship. You can carry it into your bedroom. Meditating on his presence will always put you over. Merry Christmas. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Tai Udukoya, please contact us at the Fountain of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries, Off Town Planning Way, Ilukoju, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you. God bless you.